you, it's not even about questioning your beliefs because your old beliefs aren't even there anymore. <laughs> so you, you don't even have old beliefs to question. So it, it really is kind of like getting thrown off a cliff, but realizing that there's no ground that you're going to fall and hit. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. I first and foremost just want to say thank you to everyone who continues to share the Struggle Creates Strength podcast on your Instagram stories and tagging Struggle Creates Strength. Also, a huge, huge, huge thank you to everyone who continues to leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. It does boost the podcast up in the rankings, which ultimately leads to helping more people. So thank you so much for that. Now on today's podcast, we are joined by James McRae. James McRae is a writer, a poet, a meme artist, all the above, but even more so, he is such a genuine and kind-hearted person. When I spoke with James, it was amazing. And he talked a lot about his book, which is Shit Your Ego Says. And he talked even more in depth about ego, about ayahuasca and plant medicines. He also talked about life in general and how he got to where he is today. This podcast is very insightful and it taught me a lot. It will teach you a lot. And specifically when we get into the topics about plant medicines and how it can benefit people's mental health and honestly make you look at life just a little bit differently. This is something that I think everyone can learn a lot more about and something that needs to be talked about a whole heck of a lot more. So I hope you enjoy this podcast with James McRae and enjoy the things that he has to say. Also, this podcast is sponsored by The Aiken Group. The Aiken Group is a real estate group which is run by Rebecca Aiken. Rebecca Aiken is an amazing human who has fully jumped on board and supported the Struggle Create Strength initiative. Her work and effort does not go unnoticed and she's somebody who is constantly out and about not only selling real estate but also spreading positivity and showing how much she truly does care about mental health. Mental health and mental health awareness is something that has impacted and shaped Rebecca's life. So for her to jump on board and for her to be so personable about this is amazing. I can't thank Rebecca enough and be sure if you're a home buyer or somebody that's interested in looking at real estate in the Okanagan, be sure to go check out the Aiken Group and talk to Rebecca today. Now, I hope you enjoy James McRae's story and just remember that everyone has a story. So always, always treat people with nothing but kindness. Can you, oh, hi, James. How's it going? What's up? What's up, dude? How's it? How are you? I'm great. Thank you for being flexible on the time today. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's no, never any worries on that. I'm just, I'm happy to be doing this. Happy to have you on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm overall really excited for it. Me too. Me too. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. I, I think before anything, I do have to kind of tell the story about how I actually reached out to you and how there is a huge miscommunication on my part and how I mistaked you for somebody else. I think, I think that was, uh, I think it was a funny story and it kind of, also proves like the vulnerability part because I don't think I ever even talked about it and how it obviously how embarrassing that whole aspect was for myself but um it, <laughs> yeah I, I have to tell it though so 
basically what happened was for everyone that's kind of listening, I reached out to you, totally mistaked you for somebody else that I saw on a plant medicine documentary. And I remember we sat down and the first time that I talked to you, you basically came back and were like, yeah, I don't think that was me. I think you got me mistaken for somebody else. And um, luckily, you <laughs> luckily I liked everything that you were about and the plant medicine thing actually worked well and it coincided with yourself and your story. And you've actually had some practices with that, which we'll definitely get into. But Overall, it was a funny story and totally my bad for mistaking you for somebody else. But well, listen, man, uh, you know, for all I know, I was at a plant medicine ceremony and they filmed a documentary and I was <laughs> out of my mind and no longer recall it. No, I'm, I mean, it's always a possible, <laughs> always a possibility for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I know. And I'm glad that obviously that like I said that it did work out and that you were still willing to be on the podcast and willing to share your story and I've actually I've gotten into your book which is shit your ego says and um, I know since last week when we talked I'm about halfway through it right now which is, is awesome and it's been spectacular and just to hear everything that you've said I know that I've kind of put myself in your shoes and I've started taking a lot of your book and your novel and actually getting really introspective with my own life and kind of put it just really relating to you. And I think everyone can relate to you, but I think more so for those people that haven't read your book or don't necessarily know about your book, do you want to kind of explain at least a little summary of, of your book and how you actually came up with that idea and that topic and essentially like that is your story yeah, yeah. give a little <laughs> little plug there shoot your ego says that's the cover which i i i scrawled the cover with, with a pen one day so really? that's my that's my that's my drawing right there <clears throat> um yeah so geez you know um i always I've been a writer um, my whole life and I always wanted to write, you know, books, you know, I, I, wrote, I always wrote poetry. I never really wrote, you know, long form stuff. I wrote blogs and poetry and, and, and things along those lines. And uh, I wanted to write a book eventually, but I never quite had the right idea you know, cause like ideas come up and they, they just don't, they just don't stick. And, um, I mean, the story that led to this book is, 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 is it's a pretty wonderful adventure. Like I'll try to keep it brief, but basically I was living in Minnesota, which is where I grew up and I was working in advertising in Minneapolis. And I always kind of wanted to move to New York city. Like, um, all the, like the poets and, and authors that I really liked as a, you know, growing up, it always seemed like they had kind of passed through New York city or like that, that had been kind of a part of their story. So I was always just drawn there and called there. And um, I tried moving there a bunch and there's always like never quite worked out, like either a job situation or like a relationship thing kind of kept me from going and, and also just the fear of the unknown. Like it takes a lot of, you know, if you're just like grew up in a small town in Minnesota, 
you know, just like jumping to New York city, like it takes a lot of courage to do that when you don't really have a safety net or like, uh, you know, people and, and, and work to support you. Um, but I finally did it. Um, this was like, like 2012, I quit my job. I just got out of a relationship and I'm just like, if not now, I'll probably never do it. And I moved to New York kind of without a plan and uh, was like trying to like scramble to, um, you know, you know, just try to like make it there. And then hurricane Sandy like hit the city shortly after I arrived and I had just got my first apartment and the hurricane completely destroyed it. So now I was like, broke and unemployed and homeless in New York city. And I was like, great. Like, this is just like, I came here, like trusting that the universe kind of like had a, a plan for me to, to move here and like succeed in some way. And like not, now I'm homeless, like great. And, um, and it, it was just like such a surreal time. Like I had a friend who suggested like, we go stay in this like cottage in this small Island in the Caribbean called Culebra. And, um, and I had nothing else to do. I had nowhere else to go. So I just like said yes. And then we just like ended up living on this little island. And um, it was just funny because I was just completely alone. It was like this almost deserted island, like super small. And um, I was just completely alone with, with my own thoughts. And I felt like all my insecurities and like all my you know, fears and self-doubt really came to the surface. Like it was all, it was kind of like a mental health check or it's like, I had nothing to distract me from what was the stories and narratives that were, that were playing out in my own head. Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of a funny situation where I, it, it took kind of being there almost like the universe had put me in like a little bit of a timeout and it took being there with my own thoughts um, for, for a long time to, to kind of like, realize that these all, all, all of these fears and insecurities and self-doubt that I was having these though that wasn't really me it was the it was the voice that I recognized as being the voice of my ego and um and 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 and, and it was kind of a narrative that was playing out in my own head that I finally realized that I didn't have to like buy into that narrative mm -hmm. and I could actually like you know create my own life based on you know, following the guidance of my higher self, as opposed to following the more like the fear-based philosophy of my ego. Mm -hmm. And it was just funny because that was kind of where the, the, the book idea came from. Shit, your ego says all these things that your ego says. And, um, you know, that, that idea wouldn't have come to me if I hadn't become homeless and stranded on this <laughs> island. So it's just like this classic case of like the universe having a sense of humor, right? Or it's like what, what I what I thought and what I perceived to be like this huge failure mm -hmm. ended up being turning into like the biggest opportunity. Mm -hmm. And um, the universe works in mysterious ways. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, even on your on your social media right now, you're posting like some of the most recent ones. You're posting so much about that and actually one today and it I don't, have you ever seen this is going to be funny if my one friend ends up listening to this because we always talk about this but have you ever seen it's like a little cartoon documentary called the egg 
Have you ever seen that? Maybe, but I don't recall. Yeah. So essentially it, I saw your most recent Instagram post and it was basically saying like, this is God. Or like, I think you said like, this is you, this is you, this is you. Yes. And yeah. And so the egg essentially talks about that as well. And how anytime that you are talking to somebody else, you're technically talking to yourself or anytime you're anywhere, it's basically, we are within everything. And, um, you're that post, especially kind of pointed that out. And I think even it all kind of ties back to the ego part of it and how we actually obviously one treat ourselves, but as well as treat everyone else and how it all reflects back on how we're treating ourselves. And I think it was really cool. Well, like I said, I'm not fully through your book, but especially in your book, when you talk about the higher, like the higher self and it's, it's like, okay, my higher self is basically guiding me in this way, but my ego wants to take me down this path. And I think, especially nowadays, there's so many people that are so ego driven and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's really, it's hard to say it without obviously throwing a lot of people under the bus or being rude to people. But I think we all base all of our opinions off of our ego and through an everyday, through our everyday experiences, that's kind of how we, it's how we pick our clothes. That's how we pick the vehicle we drive. That's how we pick where we live. And it's, it's really funny. And your book really puts it all into perspective with how much our ego truly shapes and impacts our lives. And um, I know that there's so many little bits and pieces that I could take out of that, but how overall did you kind of, in a, in a big nutshell, how did you actually kind of stomp on your ego and more so follow that higher self and realize basically differentiate between the two and actually follow in the path that you chose? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I definitely like, you know, it's, it's easy to like, see your, you know, once you, once, once, once someone comes into this realization of like, oh, I, I have an ego, but I also have a spirit and like, and they start to kind of like, understand that it's easy to like, see the, the ego as the enemy, first of all, and like, try to like, oh, I got to get rid of my ego. And like, I got to overcome my ego. And, um, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's more about having just like a healthy relationship with yourself, with all, with all the parts of yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, cause the ego, all that is, is just your, your, your self-identity and it's a double-edged sword, right? Because my ego is what, you know, told me to, to do your podcast and to talk about my book and like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a real thing and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the problem sometimes is when we let the ego run the show yeah. as opposed to, you know, like having, you know, seeing the world from like just a holistic point of view. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the most important thing for me in my life has just been, and I've, and I've learned this from a lot of practices from, from, from Buddhism to yoga to plant medicine, Mm -hmm. um, the importance of being 
the observer of your thoughts as opposed to identifying with your thoughts. Because like, I think I heard somewhere that like we, every person has like 50,000 thoughts a day, like random stuff just pops into our head all the time. And when we're not aware of that process, we're living a reactionary life. We just react to external circumstances. We react to whatever pops into our head. And that's kind of what, what karma is, right? Karma is a cause and effect, you know, paradigm that we're just, that we just kind of play out in our lives. Like, and when you realize that you are not your thoughts and not everything that pops into your head is true, and you can kind of be the unbiased observer of your thoughts, it is so much more empowering that you can act and speak and live from a place of centered purpose, as opposed to just like flailing reactions. It's like, I, I like the, I like the ocean is a great metaphor in so many different ways. And, and one of the, and, and one of my favorite ocean metaphors is that on the surface of the ocean, you've got, you can have all kinds of um, waves and, 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 and storms and, and, and bad weather. And it, it just, the water splashes around and it um, it's very unstable, but beneath the, the surface, the waves on the surface, the ocean is still and calm and unmoving. So it's like we, and it's the same ocean, it's the same water, right? So it's not like the waves are bad, but it's like, are we identifying with the waves, which is the, just our mental chatter and our, our tendency to overthink things and overanalyze and second guess and self doubt and, and be afraid. That stuff doesn't have to go away. You don't have to conquer it. You don't have to conquer the waves, but underneath the waves is infinite depth and infinite being. And it's just about switching our identification from being like, I am the waves or be like, no, I'm the ocean. I'm the still unmoving ocean. And there is some, there are some waves on the surface and I see them, but that's not who I am. I'm, 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 I'm deeper than that. And, you know, med- you know, things like meditation and having, you know, for, now it's a lot easier. I don't have to, I don't have like a, a super strict, you know, like meditation practice or like a yoga practice. I still love those things. But early on when I was making this transition, I had very, you know, very serious, like I, I did like a yoga and meditation teacher training. And now, you know, I, I, when, it, when it's not yet uh, part of your routine and part of your habit, then I think it is really important to have like routines and habits that you put into your life that kind of help navigate, you know, your own mind and help you become that observer. Um, so a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga, a lot of, you know, reading and, um, and plant medicine as well is a, is an ally in, in, in that journey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, now that you kind of brought it up, I think might as well kind of kick off that little topic. And um, as I told you prior um, to obviously this filming, I have been researching a lot about plant medicine. It's been something that I've been intrigued in for quite a while. Um, 
it's something that I think there's always this big misconception behind it and this big negative connotation behind it where everyone kind of looks at it and it's like, oh, that's drugs. Oh, this is, that's not good. But they don't know what the benefits are. And um, there's so many people that I've even talked to and they just, they have no idea what it is, what it can do, the benefits of it, who it's actually helping right now and who it has helped. And I think just the whole topic of plant medicine needs to definitely be normalized a lot more, the same as mental health, but it's also, they kind of tie in together and plant medicine does benefit mental health. And so kind of talk about um, some of the plant medicines and some of the practices that you've actually done and encountered and what you kind of took from them and what you, what it obviously taught you in the long run. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's so much there, you know, um, first of all, yeah, you're right. It's not, you know, it's plant medicine and, 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 and drugs are, are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was, I was, I was listening to someone speak. It was, uh, um, um, he was, uh, he was sober. He had gone through AA and, 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 and was a sober person, no drugs, no alcohol. So he was like, ah, should I, and he wanted to take ayahuasca and, um, you know, he, he worked it out with himself to like, determined that that was okay for him. Mm-hmm. And when he was, when he was on the ayahuasca, um, and looking back, he said that he, he felt like it wasn't, it wasn't like he was on drugs or like not sober. It was almost like he, he was more sober than he had ever been before. <laughs> it's like not an escape. Like you can, you can, you can, you can do drugs or drink and kind of escape and kind of like retreat from your, your problems in a way, but plant medicine is not an escape. Um, I mean, I suppose it could potentially be used that way. It can be used abuse. Anything in life can be abused, even, you know, great things, but for the most part, it doesn't, it's not an escapism. It's, it's, it's more of a, um, it's more of a direct examination of your inner world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever you were kind of dealing with, in your own personal life, it tends to come to the surface in a very acute way mm-hmm. where not only can you not, not ignore it, but you can kind of see and understand your situation in life from a more, just like a, a different perspective, you know, speaking of the ego and the higher self, it's almost like you really do see it from the higher self perspective in a more clear way. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, in, in doing so, it kind of can give you guidance around like what isn't how to address it and it's usually not what you think it's usually something very almost like simple and it's almost like the lesson is almost you know to you know to 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 love different parts of yourself and others a little bit more it's like it's usually a a a message that 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 comes back to love you know at at, at least for me you know i know a lot of people it, it is possible to have um you know not, not as ideal experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, if, 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 if you're in a place, you know, speaking of mental health, if if you're in a place where your mental health is, um, you know, quite unstable, it might not be the right thing to do because if, if you're already like 
kind of feeling a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. it could accentuate that that craziness or you know that 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 that, that instability. So you know, it's, 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 it's not for everyone. It's not for every scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it, you know, I had already been doing a a lot of meditation and a lot of, um, you know, yoga and like other spiritual kind of training um, before jumping into, into plant medicine. So um, it's definitely not something you should take lightly, but I mean, yeah, it's, um, you know, first of all, it's, um, there, 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 there's something about like the wisdom of nature. And I think that, you know, plant medicine and, 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 and when I'd say plant medicine, I'm kind of re- specifically referring to things like psilocybin mushrooms and, and ayahuasca, which is really, um, ayahuasca is really, uh, a, a, a tea that's brewed with, um, the vine of one plant and the leaves of another plant. So it's just two ingredients. It's just a vine and a leaf that are boiled together and together. And then that's it. And they, and they create this like super powerful combination and then psilocybin mushrooms. It's just a natural mushroom that's grown in the ground. No, nothing added to it. Um, there are other, you know, psychedelics and other forms of plant medicine or, or things like LSD, which are, um, it's a psychedelic, but it's not, it's not exactly plant medicine it's not exactly from the the earth it's more of a chemical you know um synthetic chemical i mean i I think it doesn't it it does exist in nature to a degree but the lsd that's consumed by people um is 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 a synthetic chemical compound and there's nothing wrong with that um but it's not exactly like it's not quite the same thing as a plant medicine where there's and 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 when you are if you're doing them in the right scenario, the medicine itself has a therapeutic value, but just as important as that, if not more important, is the fact that you are, if when done right, you're engaging in kind of ancient healing traditions, mm-hmm. right? So um, I've been lucky to have been introduced to different shamans of different lineages. Mm-hmm. Um, both in psilocybin and ayahuasca. So these are traditions that have been around, you know, in 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 in, uh, in indigenous cultures, like psilocybin mo- mostly in in Mexico and um, ayahuasca in South America. And there are like certain rituals that, you know, are beyond just the medicine. So you are getting a lot from the medicine itself, but you're really tapping into ancient wisdom and earth wisdom. And um, so it's, it's really the combination of, of, of everything that you're, that you're doing, you know, the, the people you're doing it with, um, the shaman who is administering it, um, the songs that are associated with it, the the music and instrumentation that a shaman might play um, during the ceremony. So it's really a combination of all these things, you know, when done in a in a kind of a, a sacred space that um, really do kind of tune you into the wisdom of the plants. 
mm-hmm. which is the wisdom of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it really, it truly is medicine. And it's, it's funny that these are, um, you know, it, not too long ago, you know, psil- psilocybin and ayahuasca were virtually unknown in, you know, the U S and Canada, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and now they're becoming more and more known and, and even popular and even mainstream. And that has its own complications because if something's really popular and really mainstream, chances are they might not be doing things in the same traditional way, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily bad. It just opens up the door for more irresponsible ways of, of, of doing this. Mm-hmm. But, um, it is just funny that, you know, I think the world's in a, in a state of crisis right now. I think we're all as a, as a society, very, very disconnected from nature. We're very disconnected from the natural world and, um, everything's kind of been reduced to kind of abstract numbers and, you know, like at laws that, that have no connection to the natural world. And it's just funny that in in the middle of this crisis of, 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 of spirit that we're all in, um, that now plant, the, the plant medicine is making itself known. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, um, I, I really do think it is, um, helping to, to helping to heal a lot of people right now mm-hmm. and potentially even heal the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's so cool. And even, obviously just to hear your perspective from it, somebody that has done these practices with real shamans and cause like I have, I'll like hundred percent, like I have used psilocybin mushrooms and for me, it was more of a recreational use. And it was, I was really intrigued by it from a met, like from a medicinal use. And I was told actually the first reason why I ever even considered the fact of doing psilocybin mushrooms was due to, Um, I heard somebody talk about the benefits of it for mental health. And then I started researching it a little bit from the mental health aspect and from somebody that has struggled in the past and everything like that. I was like, wow, this could be something that could basically cancel out antidepressants in a whole. So I was like, oh, I'm really curious if I could try this, do this journey. But even when I went into it, I was, was more so like, oh, what's going to, I heard that things will just melt off the earth and it'll all look really cool. And don't get me wrong. That was really neat. And it was a really cool experience and everything like that. But I think it's really like now, especially I'm way more intrigued by the actual practices of it and with shamans and doing these, basically, like you said, like the traditional, the traditional practices and actually almost grounding yourself with earth and you're using these for real purposes and it's not the recreational use where people are now starting to abuse these like you said a lot and when in reality it's it's a really beautiful thing to know that we can almost expand our minds in a totally different way and actually again become almost one with earth and realize that like there's a lot more to a lot more to the world and a lot more to life than what's on the surface. And sometimes all it takes is just 
actually indulging in the earth and what the earth is growing and then expanding everything like within your mind. But a question that I do have for you is what actually drove you to like do plant medicine? Like what was kind of that deciding factor? What was their whole reasoning behind you actually stepping into a state where you wanted to you like do plant medicine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. You know, I think just, um, I've, I've always just kind of been a, a, a seeker and uh, a bit of a, you know, uh, 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 an, an adventurer of the mind, so to speak. Um, like I always like to discover new things, or, you know, whether it's a new, a new religion that I can study or a new band or, or musical genre that I can kind of explore. And so I, I just like the idea of, of exploration. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've kind of moved all over and lived all over. And I, I, I just like the, um, to see what's around different corners and things. And, um, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Minnesota. So plant medicine was not around. Even when I lived in Minneapolis, it wasn't around mm-hmm. where I was. So I was never exposed to it. People weren't talking about it. It just wasn't really around. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I moved to New York where, and that's, you know, one of the benefits of, 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 of moving to a, you know, a big city. And right now, you know, obviously we're seeing a lot of people leaving big cities because we're seeing that all the, the drawbacks, especially when the world is in a pandemic, but um, regardless, it, it, living in a big city, um, if you've only lived in a small town, um, can be a, a huge growth experience. And, and cause you're, you're exposed to so many new things. You're exposed to new ideas, new cultures, new people, new ideas, new beliefs. And it really does challenge your preconceptions about what life is all about. Mm-hmm. If you only stay in your, in your hometown, no matter what your hometown is, your hometown could be New York city. But if you only have that experience, you're only seeing the world from a, a, a certain point of view. So I, I was introduced to a lot of new things when I moved to New York and, and around that same time is when podcasts really started to blow up. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there, you know, not too long ago, there weren't a lot of podcasts in the world and people didn't, it wasn't part of their regular lifestyle to listen to podcasts. Now, so many people have podcasts, which is awesome. So listening to podcasts kind of introduced me to the topic in a, in a new way. Like I had heard of plant medicines, you know, I'd heard of LSD and mushrooms. Um, but it always seemed like really like crazy and intense. Like I just hear about like Timothy Leary and like all this crazy stuff with LSD and it's, it, it just, I didn't quite understand it, but when you will listen, when you listen to a podcast and people are talking about it, who have done it and they can describe it in very relatable terms, mm-hmm. then it just makes it easier to understand and like, Oh, so that's what it's like. And Oh, that that's not as crazy as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So it just takes exposure to ideas and new ideas often seem weird at first, but then, um, they become more normal when you kind of allow them to, to, you know, to, to, when you, when you can entertain them. And then 
you know, I always thought like, well, well, where could one, where could one possibly get ayahuasca? Like, I certainly didn't know anyone who had access to that or who had ever done that. And one of the things I kind of heard at that time was, well, the, you know what, the medicine will find you. Like if you, if you, if, if you're meant to do it and if you really want to do it and you are called to do it, don't try so hard to find it. Like, don't go out there and be like, where's, where's ayahuasca and start asking, knocking on doors. Do you have any ayahuasca? Um, no, like, I think that, you know, things do happen for a reason. And like, there's the famous old quote. It's like, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. So for me and many other people that I know, that was the case for plant medicine. And when I was, when I was ready, when I had kind of maybe graduated from a certain a certain class and I was ready for the next class. Mm-hmm. It just effortlessly appeared in my life. And, um, and yeah, so that was, uh, that was, that was back in New York and, you know, I haven't, you know, I, I don't, I've probably done psilocybin maybe less than 10 times and I've done ayahuasca, I think on six different occasions. So, um, I use them pretty sparingly. I use them kind of intentionally and purposefully. And um, because there there are some people that will like, they've done ayahuasca hundreds of times Mm -hmm. and I don't pass judgment. There's a thing, you know, anyone's experience is valid. However, they want to conduct themselves and live their life. But I think at a certain point, you can just be kind of chasing the high or chasing the insights and, and, and never integrating them into your life. Cause part of it is you get downloads and lessons in the experience that, that you then need to go and take back into your regular life to integrate and to apply those lessons to your life. And if you're continuously just chasing the next lesson, well, you might not be really properly um, applying those lessons to your life. So, um, yeah, you don't, I don't feel the need to do them all the time, but I don't pass judgment on people who do them on a, on a more regular basis. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to hear just from doing different little studies and how obviously having this conversation and having conversations with others who have done these, basically these different retreats and all this, like basically all these different experiences, it's, it's really neat to hear everyone's take on it. Cause I do believe that everyone's take is different. And obviously you can't, it's the same as anything really in life. You can't compare your life to anyone else's. They can't compare theirs to yours. And it's the same with these experiences. And it's really cool. It's really cool to hear what, they kind of do to a person, but also like more so for a person. And um, did you ever, this obviously, well, it was kind of a question that just popped into my head, but did you ever have um, kind of an experience almost with your ego or something like that? Cause I obviously from your book, you talk a lot about your ego. So I'm curious if when you did these plant medicine experiences, if you ever kind of almost had an encounter with your ego or mm. kind of stomped on your ego in some form or another. No, no, no. You love the ego. You love it. You need, you know, when, 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 um, 
when someone when someone lashes out or is bossy and controlling and acting from an insecure place mm-hmm. um the only way to properly um help that person is to give them love you know it, it, not to silence them because that's only going to make them more aggressive and more combative and more un, un, unbearable to be around right because they're, they're acting from a place of um of, of of lack and of you know their own inner insecurities so that's kind of the ego in a way so if anything um i've you know learned to love myself more and to be in to be easier on myself and to not have any enemies in the world period um especially not making your own self an enemy so uh yeah no 100% I mean I I openly speak about this a lot but I I think I've always had kind of that that I wouldn't necessarily call it an issue or a problem but I think for a long time I've always mistreated myself in some forms and not necessarily found love for myself I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with and there's a lot of it definitely comes from or all of it kind of comes from within. And I think there's so many different ways to find that self-love and then just build yourself up, discover new things about yourself that even just new passions about yourself. Cause then that builds you up. And um, yeah, I just think, I think just from different relationships, different encounters that you have in your life, different honestly, everything that goes on in your life really impacts who you are, how you think about yourself, and then obviously how you conduct yourself through everyday life. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting. But um, I have a question when you went and did these practice or did you went to did you go to Peru to do the actual practice? So what yeah. was that like putting yourself in a in that environment and in a different environment to actually go through the whole experience and with the shamans and everything like that. Yeah. That's part of the medicine, mm-hmm. you know, travel is medicine, mm-hmm. especially when you're traveling to a remote part of the world, mm-hmm. that's, you know, more or less impoverished. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just see the, the people. I mean, one of the, honestly, one of the best experiences that I had going to Peru for this was um walking around this little village i mean i mean a little a little village and it must have been like some kind of special day where like all these kids were running around throwing water balloons or like throwing yeah i think it was water balloons or like throwing or like, or like dumping buckets of water on people <laughs> and 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 they were like little old peruvian ladies and these kids were throwing water balloons at them <laughs> and it wasn't malicious. It was all a big fun celebration. And like these old ladies were laughing. They didn't know these kids, but it was like this big, like community, um, you know, just like <laughs> celebration of some sort. Mm-hmm. And just to see the joy in these kids faces, the joy in these you know, older people's faces. And they're just like having this kind of fun, weird 
you know, party on the street, it brought such joy to me. But um, and 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 then you learn from, you know, again the the um, you know, hopefully there there are, I'm sure there's a lot of bad shamans out there. I've heard stories, and you know, that's not a deterrent for anyone, but they do exist. And, and, and luckily I, I haven't had any personal experiences with, with them, but just learning and being able to sit down with the, the shaman, like on a day where you're not doing ayahuasca and asking them questions. And then you actually can see the true wisdom that they are holding, at least the people that I've met and seeing them for, as real people and, 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 and the humility they bring to their work. Um, that's been just as, just as valuable, right? Because you see that, oh, okay. So this person is, you know, how the humility in which they carry themselves and, 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 and their, and, and, and their, their dedication to dedicating their, their, their lives to kind of like carrying on these traditions that they learned from someone who learned them from someone else who learned them from someone else who learned them from someone else, you know, as far back as you can imagine. And, um, yeah, just being being in that being in that atmosphere. Now, I've also I've taken ayahuasca in New York City as well. Um, in a lot of major cities, you can find certain places to do them, and that was great as well. Um, so, you know, it's it's such an internal experience that um, you can have a profound experience in a lot of different ways. But yes, there is an added value to kind of being you know, in a, because when you're, when you're out of your comfort zone so much, you really, it really does kind of open, open you up to, you know, um, just new experiences. So the whole package is really what makes it special. For sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like, I know for myself, obviously I haven't had those experiences, but I have traveled. And like you said, traveling is medicine in its own. And I, I think that's so true to the fact, because you always hear everyone or typically when people go on, they have a vacation, they typically go somewhere. That's what they want to do because it is, it's like an, almost an escape from reality or from their everyday life. And I think that's, it's almost, I don't know, cause I haven't done this, but it almost seems like that's what some of these plant medicines are it's almost like that little escape from reality and it's almost like a break from reality and it allows you to reground yourself kind of regroup with everything but also kind of learn a little bit more and um again I, i'm not 100 percent on that but i mean i'm sure yeah it's a change it's a change in perspective mm-hmm. either way when you when you when you when you travel somewhere it's a change in perspective mm-hmm. you you're out of your comfort zone Mm-hmm. and you see everything with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and it's similar in, in plant medicine where you do your comfort zone is gone mm-hmm. you are you're kind of floating out there um in the universe and you really have no choice but to you it's not even about questioning your beliefs because your old beliefs aren't even there anymore <laughs> so you, you don't even have old beliefs to question so it, it really is kind of like getting thrown off a cliff, 
but realizing that there's no ground that you're going to fall and hit. So it's a little bit of a, <laughs> it's a little bit of a paradox, right? Cause like you're pushed off a cliff and it's like, oh shit, all my, my comfort zone is, is gone. I don't, ha- I don't even, I barely know who I am. I don't have any beliefs or opinions. Mm-hmm. And it, it does feel like you're just like thrown off a cliff, but, and, and that, and that can be scary at first. And a lot of um, these experiences can begin with a uncomfortableness, like uncomfortable feeling. Um, but then for me, then, then you realize that there's no ground and that you're perfectly safe. And then not only are you perfectly safe in that moment, but then you kind of realize like, oh, what if I'm always perfectly safe? What if, oh, all those fears I was carrying, all the, all those worries I was carrying, I was always safe. I've been safe the whole time and I will always be safe. And um, because this world can be a scary place, this world can be a dangerous place for many people, but you kind of start to see like, oh, this world is only, it's not fully real. You know, we live in a real material world, but it does open your, your mind to the possibility that there's much more beyond this 3D reality that we're living in. You know, this, is, this, is ju- this, this isn't the be all end all of reality. So even in my hard experiences here on earth, they're really only real on this level of reality, but there are other levels of reality where those don't really exist. And this is more, you kind of see this as being more of a, a place where we come and learn lessons. And it's kind of like one big class, interactive classroom um that we're just all taking this class here on earth together but once we graduate and move on there is infinite more there's infinite more worlds and realities to explore that's kind of a summary i think of what plant medicine kind of shows you when you're when you're when you're doing it that is like that blows that that perspective on it just kind of like blew me away Cause I don't think, I, yeah, I don't know. That just, that's so crazy to think about. And just to know, cause I think like, especially in my life, when I walk around the street, I always look at everyone and I'm somebody that not, I don't get kind of like crazy with it, but I just look around and I'm always really curious as to what somebody, like what somebody's going through in their life or like, it almost even comes back to, my whole platform and basically the motto for it, which is everyone has a story. And that's, what's really neat and unique about it is you walk around and you see everyone and it's like, wow, they have a story. Oh, wow. This person, they have a story. And it's also, we're always learning from everyone that's around us as well. And even I actually heard something today where it was talking about those fears and how so many people, they have all these fears in their head. Like, what if I'm not enough? What if I, don't amount to this. What if I don't get this job? What, like there's all basically all these what ifs, but in reality, all those fears are really driven from the thoughts or even the opinions of others. Cause everyone it's like, okay, well, why, why, what's so scary about not getting that job? And it's like, oh, well, my, my parents will think this way. It's like, okay, but that's just a fear driven by your parents. And it's not, 
actually fully driven within. So it's funny that you say that when you basically get pushed off a cliff and then you realize that there is no ground, like I'm okay. (laughs) There's nothing to be scared of. And that's, what's really cool. And I, I think a lot more people either need to practice that or at least really educate themselves on that factor that, you know what, a lot of the things that we're so scared of or that we're so worried about and that literally consume our minds on an everyday basis isn't really a big deal. And yes, obviously you have to take life a little serious sometimes and especially going into maybe some of the jobs that you have and everything. But I just think it's more so really, again, coming back to that state of regrounding yourself and actually loving yourself and doing a lot for yourself and making yourself happy. I think that's something that needs to happen so much more is we need to actually be happy with what we're doing or else this whole little short little span that we have on earth is not a waste but it's also it's like why are we why are we wasting our time essentially right yeah i think it's um you have to live for something bigger than yourself Mm -hmm. you know um if you if you're only that's the ultimate ego is just like to live only for yourself Mm -hmm. right like and um and to and to fear not getting what you want right and 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 the and the fear and anxiety around something is always worse than the thing itself mm-hmm. like i remember like years ago i was i, I was afraid i was going to get fired from my job mm-hmm. and i was like every day was miserable because i kind of just like was afraid of it i thought it was going to happen because like people were getting laid off mm-hmm. and um and every day i was living in fear and then finally i was fired mm-hmm. And I was fine. I was like, really, I was like shocked at first, but um, the fear around it was way worse than the thing itself. Mm. And it ended up just like being homeless in, on, 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 on Calabra. Um, when we, when something like that actually happens and we're, you know, the rug gets pulled out from under us and then we kind of, feel like we are falling off a cliff mm-hmm. that's when it's almost like that we have, we have to get pushed off the cliff to realize that we can fly mm-hmm. right so um and that's when new opportunities come like as soon as something is taken away as soon as you think like oh this is the end of the road that's when a new path reveals itself and i don't think we can you know until we can kind of break our routine and um and um you know we 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 reach a dead end on one road only then can like a new road show up so end endings are always also beginnings for sure yeah i know i i really like that that one part of your book when you even when you talked about how you thought you would be in one spot and then you'd end up in a different spot and it was almost like you were always basically you just kind of proved that life has so many unknowns within it. And especially when you said um, that you were working in retail and you're like, this is not what I've spent my life kind of working towards. I can't necessarily believe I'm here, but then it was almost, you're like, you basically at that moment said that something great came of that and 
it's the same with life. Like sometimes, or most of the time, honestly, when we're in some of these real big struggles or we feel like we're not where we're supposed to be, sometimes it is exactly where you're supposed to be. Like the universe technically is guiding you along and obviously you have decisions to make and all your decisions will kind of impact your future. But it was just really neat to hear you talk about when you're in retail, you didn't think you'd be there. And then you're sitting in the break room talking to somebody about, or basically showing them your portfolio. And then next thing you know, you're handing your portfolio to somebody else and it leads to a job. And it's, yeah. it's so crazy how that all works, but through kind of some of those moments, how did you never, how did you never fully, I guess, give up? Or did you always know that you like under the surface, did you always know that you would kind of amount to what you are doing today and what you kind of, some of those jobs that you led into at that point as well? Yeah, you know, um, I think I made a commitment to myself at a young age to um, to be a, like a, a, a creator mm-hmm. of some sort. You know, I've, I've, I've always been, um, you know, a writer as well as like an artist and a designer. Mm-hmm. And at various times of my life, I've focused more on design or art and then more on writing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really more of a writer, but now with Instagram and, and making memes, I can bring the art design back into it and, 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 and even combine it with writing to create something that's, that's, that's different. And, um, so I, I always just kind of had like that, um, like that commitment. Like, I think, I think we're all here for a certain, you know, mission and purpose, and that doesn't have to be some big grand mission or purpose. Like I'm going to be the president of the United States or something like that. It could just be to learn a certain lesson or to help people in a certain way or to make the world better in some way. We all have some purpose we're here to um, to fulfill. And when you, you might not know what that is, but I don't think you're ever going to be fully satisfied until you are on the journey to finding it. And it's not like you find it and then you're done. It's it's all a journey. It's all finding the right path and then traveling on that path. There's no destination. There's no final end game where I'm here and now I'm done and I've done it. You're, you've never done it. You're when you're when, when when you're done with it, you'll it's your time to go, right? As long as we're breathing, we're on a mission and we're on a journey. And there are a lot of stop signs. There are a lot of detours. There are, are can, there can be wrong turns, but it's all about just rerouting back to that mission. And unless we kind of commit to that path, I think we're going to be living for other people's expectations. Like, like, like what you said, we're going to be living to, you know, to achieve X, Y, and Z so we can look good in the eyes of others. And even if we achieve X, Y, and Z, and we end up looking good in the eyes of others, if that wasn't something that we were truly called to do, we're still going to be miserable. You know, there are wealthy people that are, you know, making their money selling overpriced 
addictive pharmaceuticals or, you know, working in finance, um, you know, helping to, um, you know, use mortgage scams to rob people of their savings and their homes or whatever it is, you know, you can be successful in a million different ways and be miserable because you're not aligned with your purpose. So I always just knew like, I, I could do this job and like have a stable career, but unless I'm actually pursuing the reason I'm here alive in the world, um, I'm going to be miserable. So I would always, you know, there are a lot of wrong turns. There are a lot of mistakes along the way, and that's all fine. That's all part of the journey. Um, but you need to at least be on the, on the path. And I think we all have like an, 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 an inner compass, an inner kind of intuition that really knows whether or not we're aligned with that. And um, we can either listen to it or not, but I'd rather listen to it and um, be on my own journey than just trying to live up to other people's expectations for my life. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is amazing. And that's something that I've definitely really started implementing in my life. And I know I've talked about that so much as of late, but for me, especially, I kind of realized what my purpose was and what I it's almost kind of like, what do you have to bring to the table? And that's what I really realized. I kind of started falling into my form of passion and also looking at my life and using a lot of my past to actually drive me forward and use that to ultimately help others. I, I'm a huge person that always says like the best feeling in the world is helping someone. And whether it's opening the door or whether it's sitting down, having a full-blown conversation with them, it goes such a long ways and it also really helps build ourselves up and sometimes it's also a really good way to realign yourself to your purpose and it's because when you feel good that's typically when you start to really guide yourself in that in that proper way and it obviously it gets you a lot more excited for the day but it also it really grounds yourself again and it really makes you look at everything around you and put everything into perspective rather than just wor worrying solely either on your bank account or solely only on yourself. Whereas I think it's really important to not listen to other people's opinions, but more so just to help other people out of the goodness of your heart. But <laughs> I could go on with that. Absolutely. But um, I just have a question for you for somebody that either's ever kind of in a rut in their life or will ever go through some form of struggle or they feel like they they just don't know what what their purpose in life is what would be kind of like your biggest tip of advice for somebody that's that's ever going through anything in their life mm -hmm. i mean i think that the more we can con i think we all have an intuition like i said i think the more we can connect with that and and trust it and listen to it um, we, we know, you know, where we should be going, what we should be doing. Not specifically like, no, I, like, I never thought I was going to be a writer in the way I am now, or like I'm now I'm, I'm, I, I, I mostly, you know, create memes, right. Which is for me is a, a new way to write poetry almost. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to know the, the specifics about what you're going to do. 
you know, I, I knew I, I was driven to create and to express myself and to put my message out into the world and to um, put some, put humor out into the world as well. I didn't know exactly what that would look like. I didn't know I was going to write, you know, this book. I didn't know that I was going to focus on making memes. I didn't know any of that, but it's about just like, which, which, which general direction do you feel most compelled to go? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing is, I think that we're all as children, much more tuned in to just a natural kind of intuition. We have more of a direct, like relationship with, you know, the higher self, so to speak, um, because we're so, you know, innocent and we, and we haven't been, you know, our minds haven't been like corrupted by all the, you know, social pressures and expectations that go along with being an adult. So it's like, well, what, what did you love doing as a, as a, as a, as a child, you know, if you didn't have a job and didn't need to have, and didn't need to have a job, what would you be doing with your time? What, what would you find most fulfilling? and just and just like set aside suspend your disbelief like i know like we we need to we need to make money we need to do this we need to do that but um just just allow yourself to imagine mm -hmm. allow yourself just to imagine um your ideal life and also i got to say as well you don't have to necessarily make money off of your calling mm -hmm. cuz that's, that's that's frankly not always easy you know, we live in a society where money is made, you know, by, um, you know, by helping um, companies make more money, you know, or, you know, capitalism isn't always compatible with altruism. So it's okay to have a, a regular job that you're not super passionate about, right? Not everyone can make money off their art. And you might not even want to, because, you know, you, um, you know, your, your, your art can be a lot more free if you're not demanding that it earn you a living and you can make better art if you have freedom to not make it into something that doesn't feel pure because you need to turn it into something that's monetized. So it's your, your, your so-called purpose and calling in life might not be how you make a living. And, and that, that is also okay. It's just a matter of um, making that work-life balance. So you can still do things that fulfill you while also, you know, earning a living. So don't be too hard on yourself because it's just the way, to, the way capitalism, the way society is set up it does make it difficult for, you know, to, to, to earn money by making the world a better place. And that's not your fault as a person. That's just the fault of the society we live in. So that's just your reality that we need to just like sometimes address as well. And that's perfectly okay. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I think that'll help put things into perspective for a lot of people and it'll hopefully help allow them to see kind of, or maybe even just look at their life a little bit differently. And I think that's kind of why we all do what we kind of do is because we want people to, to obviously kind of look at their life and get the most out of their life. And 
like you said, there is a lot of people out there that are making money in, in some ways that definitely don't benefit everyone and definitely aren't a help to society. But at the same time, it's, it's just kind of proof that you can't necessarily worry about what everyone else is doing and how everyone else is making their money, but more so we need to need to really just live for ourselves and forget all the pressures, but also find, find your passion and follow that passion and make yourself happy. Do the things that make you happy. Cause that's, what's important. It's not all the pressures and all the worry about who's going to win the race. Cause at the end of the day, there's no race. There's, there's nothing to race for. Right. Um, that, that took me a long time to really realize for sure. And, um, but do you, uh, do you have any, like a quote or a saying or something that you've kind of, that has kind of like shaped or impacted your life in any way? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I'm going to say my favorite one right here. Um, let me just look it up. Let me just get it right. Um, one of my favorite um, writers and even um, uh, just inspirations in life has been the poet, the poet Walt Whitman. Mm-hmm. the American poet Walt Whitman and um he was truly like just um um a believer in 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 love and goodness and returning to you know the you know the soul in a way and I and I love this quote from him uh re-examine all you have been told in school or church or in any book and dismiss whatever insults your own soul. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, that's really neat. I, <laughs> yeah, wow. It, it just put, it puts everything into perspective. And even, um, I know something that I actually, I heard something similar to that, but it's like everything that we know in today's day and age is basically has come from somebody else telling you that or from somebody else putting it out there and so many times we always we try to differentiate what's right and basically what's right from wrong and essentially all this stuff has just been a building up of people's kind of obviously discoveries but also opinions and it's really neat to to hear that aspect of it all for sure um i so i actually have i wanted to kind of tell you one quote that has really stuck out for myself uh from your book and it was something that made me think a lot and i remember actually the second i (laughs) the second i read it i ended up telling somebody about it instantly because i was like whoa this one this one hits home for sure and it's it goes We don't get what we want in life. We get who we are. Success doesn't happen by projecting expectations outward. It happens by cultivating presence inward. And that one, that one hit me really hard because I think for so long, I've always wanted to do all this stuff in life. And I've always thought that if I do this thing, I can get it. If I do this thing, I can get it. And then what would always happen is something else would come up and it would step in the way, or I would 
basically I would always get, I would always feel like I could manifest my own life. And I believe that you can, but at the same time, there's also things that'll happen in life that you can't control. And for so long, I never, never fully understood. And I think it all, it all kind of comes back to who you are will kind of project the life that you have. And if you're somebody who's always miserable and just doesn't treat people right, then why, why would you deserve this lavish life, this great life with happiness and joy? And I'm not saying that everyone shouldn't get that, but if you're not treating other people, basically it comes back to that saying, if you're not treating other people the same way you want to be treated, then why do you expect them to treat you how you want to be treated? And I just, I think, I think for me, when I read that, it just put everything into perspective. And I really realized that I'm not, or I am exactly who I'm meant to be. And I, it's not out of anything else. And I, it's not going to be what I want to get in life or the car I want to drive. None of that stuff matters. It's more so the stuff that will come is based off of who I am, which is. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, emotions are stronger than thoughts. Mm -hmm. So our thoughts, you know, we can walk around thinking, I want this, I want that, how can I get this thinking, planning, strategizing, worrying. But what what's the what's what's the energy you're projecting? Mm -hmm. You know, emotions are contagious, energy is contagious. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can be thinking, oh, I want, I want to make the world a better place. And it's it's all in your head, right? I want to make the world a better place. How can I make the world a better place? The world is bad but your energy that you're sitting in and your emotions is I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's like a, a constricted, you know, like non-empowered, you know, emotion that you're living in. Hmm. So it's like, you're still, you might want something and you might be, you know, thinking about something, but where's your body at? Where's your energy at? Where are your emotions at? That's why it's so important to have like a, a practice of gratitude, actually bring your body and your emotions into a state of gratitude. And your mind might say like, no, like I'm not grateful. I need to have X, Y, and Z. That's the mind. But your energy and re your emotions are stronger than your thoughts. So when you can actually embody that sense of gratitude and, 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 and truly embody a sense of fulfillment, that's when you start to kind of like, attract the people and the scenarios into your life mm -hmm. that, you know, re reflect back to you, the energy you're projecting out into the world. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And that's, that's why specifically why I love having people on this podcast and especially yourself, somebody that like, just from the things that I have read from your book and obviously the conversations that we've had, it's, it's so evident of the type of person that you are and how pure of a person you are and all the like the positivity that you possess and it's it's amazing having conversations with people like yourself because for me i think it's so important for everyone that listens to this podcast to hear that stuff and to hear that they're okay to hear that their life is gonna turn out to be okay. And that if they are going through any forms of mental health struggles, or if they are ever going through basically just a big rut in their life, 
that there's a purpose behind it and there's a reason and that if you kind of even just alter your mindset into a point where it's like, you know what, instead of dwelling so much on everything that's happening, why not just take the, take the purity and the happiness out of everything that's around me and the things that I do have. And so to have these conversations is always amazing. And to have you on the podcast today was spectacular. And I know that, um, I just know that this will truly go a long way for a lot of people. And so for that, like, I truly, I truly do. Thank you. Thank you for your time and for having this conversation for basically letting us into your life and sharing a lot about your book and just everything that you're really about. Thank you, man. And, 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 and I want to thank you as well, not only for having me on your show, but for holding the space that you do, you know, I think mental health is such an important topic, especially for, you know, for men, you know, it can be a little bit of a taboo subject. So you're doing great work and, and, and thank you for your contribution to the world. Of course. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely keep in contact. Um, if I ever have any questions about all these plant medicines or even just more so, um, well, actually in the next few days, when I finish up your book, I'll definitely send you a message over and talk to you, maybe even have a little conversation about the rest of it and everything like that. But truly mm -hmm. thank you for coming on. It was, it was awesome. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Create Strength, and I hope you enjoyed James's story. If you want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. Be sure to share the podcast and the whole platform with your friends and family because you never know who may be struggling in silence and who may need that extra push to share their own story. Thanks so much for listening. And just remember that everyone has a story.